Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Last time I called in, I was talking about the trash that was around at Fort Myers. And the let, day let me just I recap briefly, if I if I could. You called sure. in. I think it was last week. You had gone down there. You're a contractor from New Hampshire. You drove and you took a crew with you. Apparently, you drove all the way down from New Hampshire to Florida. Which, if you drive it straight, that's a twenty something, twenty six hour drive. Uh, you went down there with the intention of helping out people in Fort Myers and being available for folks that needed cleanup and roof repair and whatever kind of contracting would assist them in the uh, the aftermath of being just demolished by Hurricane Ian a couple of weeks ago. That's why you went down there and you immediately learned that you were basically dead in the water being able to help people because you don't have a Florida contractor's license and there are literally cops around and the enforcement department of whatever licensing division going around looking for people just like you and putting them in handcuffs. It's even made the news recently. A roofer was recently arrested down there for trying to roof without government permission and help people patch up problems. And so now the folks down there uh, that are homeowners and, and such have to wait till the licensed contractors can get to them, right? Because there's only so many licensed contractors. And you were telling us you hired an attorney to try to get you and your company through whatever the stupid hoop jumping you know have, that you would have to do to get the license. And I think that's where you left us when you called in last. I just want to clarify real quick. Uh, this isn't the result of like Karens snitching you out. There are actually police like going around specifically targeting unlicensed contractors. Is that correct? Well, my assumption, uh, and that was a really good summary of the situation uh, that Ian gave. And then for the gentleman who I'm pretty sure that has been uh, getting in the news lately, what I'm almost certain happened is that he was in an area and somebody ran his company and found out they weren't licensed and snitched him out. And then they went and they talked and they found his contract that he signed with the homeowner. And that's mm-hmm. what they used to hook him up on felony charges. Felony charges. Well, do you think it, this was yeah. just some concerned Karen or do you think it was the competition that didn't want someone else in their neighborhood taking their potential I bet money? I mean, ladder. Just from seeing how things are going around here, I would I'd be. It's ninety nine percent certain it would have to be another contractor, especially because you know if he would have done a subpar quality work, they would have mentioned that, and they mm-hmm. never did in any of the articles. You know that that was a good job. Most of these people are out here doing good work. If the government was all of the things that people believed it was, mm-hmm. then one of the first things a governor would do in one of these catastrophic emergencies would be to say, "Hey, look." If you can patch someone's roof, I don't want to see your license. I want to see you patch the roof. Yeah, well, uh, so unfortunately, ha- go ahead, Joe. Well, they have adjusted some of those requirements, but it's 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 nothing to get the work that needs to be done because the greatest tragedy unfolding now um, is actually uh, due to the work not being done. And that's because all these houses that I once thought weren't affected um, were actually flooded and they're just sitting there and molding. So when I was in Canada, when this happened in 2013, the decentralized effort, which consisted mostly of volunteers, was able to clean up a city of over one million people in just a couple short weeks. Most of the mold damage, most of the contents, most of the bad stuff, the work that needs to happen really quick, was done under a completely decentralized effort, which was the most incredible phenomenon I've ever witnessed in my life. And to see the contrast of what's happening here, now it makes sense how such a 
low population area can have such high numbers and damage estimates because all these places and all these houses are just sitting here molding and everything to the structure is being ruined. So it's getting worse. So basically they're just, this is just stacking up jobs for the existing contractors, the ones that do have the license. DeSantis is of course helping the good old boy network because that's his job is to protect existing established uh, businesses from upstarts incomers competition from coming in and you know taking their jobs yeah he's not worried about our callers vote because he doesn't vote in new hampshire but those contractors who are caring karenizing on him they do well, yeah but the people of florida who how ho- whose houses are being ruined because of this they vote in florida yeah but, yeah, but, they, but they, are they even aware of this story but it won't matter anyway because whoever's running against him also probably supports licensing <sighs> good point the, yeah. the government's not going to re- likely Except for maybe in New Hampshire, where we actually have a chance to repeal licensure, and we don't even have contractors' licenses, by the way, uh, as I understand it. But uh, you know what's likely to to occur here is the people will be upset about it. But it's mostly affecting just Fort Myers and that that surrounding area. The news, if it does get out, it's going to be forgotten by the time the uh, the election comes around. And again, there's not going to be anyone else to vote for except for maybe the Libertarian, if they can even get on the ballot. Joe, when did you get down there? Was it more than a week ago? Yeah, it was about eight days ago now, okay. and it definitely took a couple of days of driving around just to understand the, the scope of the situation. It's a pretty big area here, not very yep. populated compared to a lot of where other hurricanes have hit, but the damage numbers just didn't make sense until this mold situation is what I figured out, and that is just a huge shame because, like I said, I've seen it be taken care of before. You know, all those volunteers in Canada got in, and they made sure the whole city pretty much had everything sealed up so it wasn't leaking and stuff out that was wet so it wasn't molded. You know, people could still keep their pictures of their families and stuff like that. Let me see if I can um, understand what you're saying here, though. You, you were in Canada. You said there was a river that uh, flowed over in Calgary, I think it was. And there yeah. was a, tr- a tremendous response from people there. You said the licensing wasn't an issue because people were volunteering. So are you saying that if someone was trying to charge for services in Canada, they, they probably would have been cracked down on too, like in Florida? That's what's happening there. No, we did that, and it was completely waived. Even when the um, we would have encounters with the police and stuff like that, oh. it was completely obvious that we were unlicensed, and they welcomed us in. Wow. And um, it was it was a huge party while we were there. Everybody was going around handing out free beer and liquor to everybody, and it was just uh, it was <laughs> a crazy awesome. thing. Just watching uh, drunk Canadians get it all done, you know. Damn. And uh, yeah. So there you go, Ari. So, I guess then, some some people uh, are still somewhat decent while they're in government. You just have to go to Canada to find them. I'm not terribly surprised and, to hear that. I mean, Canada has got that that more neighborly they've feel got a reputation to it. for being yeah. nice people yeah until they start dealing with covid and well, they're sure. locking their whole country down. It that's, got really ugly got there. got really ugly. Yeah, I mean, no true. one's perfect, right? But I would expect in a disaster that Canada would be one of the countries that would be more more likely to waive these regulations and requirements than other nations. Well, at least until COVID, as, as Conan pointed out. So, Joe, uh, you told us last week that you had hired an attorney. You're trying to make your way through the government paperwork because you did go all the way down there. You do want to help. So you just don't want to end up in a prison cell with apparently a felony charge. So this is like pretty serious business here. Insane. And felony charge for just fixing somebody's house without asking government permission first. So you're trying to jump through the hoops. What's the status on that? 
Well, while we were trying to jump through the hoops, I tried to shift over into a little bit of a charity operation, and I ran into the same felony charges. So it was the same thing as far as if you start soliciting, you know, I wasn't sure about the GoFundMes and stuff. So mm-hmm. all the effort for the legal effort had to be put in for the business side of things. And we did find out that it wasn't as bad. You can do up to like $2,500 of certain types of work without a license here. What a uh, mess, man. It yeah. reminds me of what you know happened in Mississippi and Louisiana during Hurricane Katrina. I checked it because this made me curious about it. And both of those states do also require a contractor's license. But I don't remember hearing stories about this in regard to Katrina. So maybe yeah, Katrina may was just a... Happened. Yeah. It was a long time ago. And, and just because it's happening there doesn't mean it's going to make national headlines. You know, right. Or, no, I'm just saying right. I was curious if this yeah. has happened elsewhere in regard to other disasters. Mm-hmm. And I, I couldn't find any examples of it. Yeah, this whole mythology around Florida being this free state and this option for people who care about liberty to move down there. Look, if you're a conservative, you're going to love Florida. Get on down there. uh, Have have fun with that. Uh, If you are a libertarian, you really need to look at the place where the libertarians are moving, which is New Hampshire. Now, for every libertarian who fell under the spell of this tyrant DeSantis down there, because, oh, he was good on masks. Oh, okay. well, gee. Well, you know and, lo- what? and lockdowns. It, it was only a couple of months there, if I remember correctly. Well, that's the thing. He wasn't good, and then he realized it would be good for him politically to get good on that <laughs> issue, and he flipped like a lot of politicians Yeah, he flipped do. right after, I can't remember her name, the other governor who didn't lock anything down. Gnome. Gnome. Christy Gnome. And I think, because DeSantis lifted his restrictions mm-hmm. like a week later, because she was getting all kinds of praise, everyone's egg on the... On the monkey do yeah 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 but i mean so but the argument for licensure especially in places like florida where it's mm. full of old people is yeah. that these unlicensed contractors are ripping off people mm. and it's true i mean but buyer beware i, I mean, mean this, is, this is how it works and will rip somebody off too that happens all the time so this whole free state of florida thing conan you lived down there for a time as well 20 something years yeah me too and from what I can tell, Florida is attractive to the conservative types, the anti-woke cr- uh, crowd mm-hmm. that tend to be more conservative than libertarian. They probably have some libertarian tendencies, some libertarian leanings, as some conservatives do, and so do some liberals. You know, everyone has some tendency toward freedom, but I don't know of too many actual libertarians that are looking at Florida looking like, yes, that is the place for me. I mean, it's just the one issue. I've seen too many of them. Yeah, I've seen I on social to. media too many libertarians getting sn- um, snookered by this whole Florida pitch and actually picking up their lives and moving to Florida. I've seen it happen in the last couple of years after wow. the whole COVID okay. crackdown thing. Uh, and maybe it's because they're sunshine, you know, sunshine it activists. Helps. It helps. You know, Vitamin D. They don't like being cold or whatever, and they're so they're looking for some other option. You know, the weirdest part about this is is that growing up. I knew so many snowbirds, mm-hmm. so many Northerners who go down there and live, live, there, live there six months out of the year. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, New England liberals, a lot of big government people, and uh, and it's just so this whole idea that Florida is a conservative state—it's a purple state, right? The the Republicans haven't been in charge for a long time. In fact, the Democrats were running things for a while there. And so, yeah, it does kind of flip-flop. And they do have some big cities. And by the way, if you really want to get liberal, Key West is where you go. Mm-hmm. But uh, My- Miami, huge. Jacksonville, sure. Tampa. I mean, these are big cities with a lot of... A lot of people, and, and usually those type those types of environments will attract, you know, the liberal types. I was on some conversation with a um, 
people about Florida on social media the other day, and some guy with a Gators icon, which is one of the, the football teams down there, comes onto the thread, and he admitted that they just there just aren't enough libertarians down there to make any kind of difference. Okay, so why bother? Why why would a libertarian bother then? That's if you're going to move somewhere for activism, why would you move somewhere where you're not going to have any impact? I don't know if these people move there for activism. I think they just moved there because they perceived that it would be an increase in freedom. And maybe it was. If you moved from California to Florida, you probably are seeing an increase in freedom. Yeah. I'll give you that. Um, but if you actually want to see freedom increasing over time, because, you know, states are a race to the bottom. Right. Just like crypto or just like uh, fiat currencies are a race to the bottom as far as value is concerned. States are a race to bottom as far as freedom is concerned. States are constantly growing. These these bureaucrats always want more control. They want bigger bureaucracies. They want more budgets. They want more more laws to enforce. And states can only increase in size at the expense of liberty. Correct. And so Florida is going in that direction, just like Texas, just like uh, California. Maybe they've gone at a slightly slower pace over the years, and that's why they're the number two freest state, according to the Cato Institute Freedom in the 50 States study. But the difference between Florida and New Hampshire is significant from an activism perspective. An activist that moves to New Hampshire basically has 10 times, 20 times the effect because of the population. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You ha- you, if you influence 10 people here to vote libertarian or to do libertarian things or whatever to support liberty. And by the way, the native population here is much more supportive of liberty because it is the live free or die state. That to some extent is kind of baked into the the granite staters here. So you're actually starting from a better base of people that are more likely to understand these ideas just because that's the way they were raised. And they take pride in that. Yeah, they were raised in a very kind of leave me aloneist attitude up here so they really do understand a lot more than i think a lot of people in other states so you've got a better starting point you've got a, a more free place already you've got the smaller population so you have more of an effect and you've got a track record of success here you're not just wandering in under some republican dictator who loves the police but turned good on masks and that's really all you've got down there in florida you're coming into if you move to new hampshire as part of say the free state project or you just come here and you're you know a liberty-minded person who wants to get active you're moving to a place where libertarians are actually not quite running things but if you listen to the Democrats, they think we are. It's not true, but they, they're acting like the free staters have taken over the state. At Certainly the influencing things. Though. Yeah, well, there's a, the free staters have a huge influence within the Republican Party establishment now. They built that over the last decade and a half, and they've earned it. You know, it was hard, but they got there. Uh, there's a free stater who's the uh, the Republican House Majority Leader. Tell me about anything like that happening in Florida or Texas, for that matter. There's Probably about 40 free staters that are in the state house, which is about a tenth of the state house. Yeah, that's remarkable. Uh, and, and that doesn't include the other New Hampshire native types who are also pro-liberty. So you can add those people in and you might get to like 100 uh, st- state representatives that are mostly freedom friendly. You know, they're wrong on some things, but right more more often than not. But to be fair, New Hampshire does still have that Republican governor who loves police and, and all of that stuff. I mean, yeah. yeah. But, is it, but that's the most powerful you know, position, right? So, of course, sure. that, that's going to be the hardest one to change out. Um, and, so, and again, libertarians in Florida, they can't even get a newspaper article. They, they can't even get into a debate. They can't get any kind of coverage whatsoever because they barely exist. 
Saving crypto is a good plan, but also it spending it, you need to do that too if you can in order to make it continue to be valuable. So here are the, here are the two ways to look at this. Number one, hardly anyone out there saves saves anything. Mm-hmm. And they don't live paycheck they, to paycheck. They, they, yes, and they don't prepare for the future. And number two, um, they well, crypto isn't, they don't see crypto as anything but a, a savings mechanism. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's the issue. And you know, but, and by the way, I'm, sh- and by the way, I'm kind of in that camp myself. Well, you can, I, I very rarely use crypto. Well, but you don't spend money. You're totally frugal. I mean, you barely have spent anything on anything. Well, this is true. Yeah, because I'm a prepper. <laughs> you don't leave your house either. But well, I mean, crypto it, is a good store of value. That's just gas money. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but not so that one can you know flip it into USD, right? It, it's a good store of value because yeah. it is purchasing one stake in the future where peer-to-peer currency and peer-to-peer transactions are possible and common. I'm curious, when these people are expressing their disbelief or confusion about, well, why isn't there some way to transact without the big banks? Have you wrote back and said, uh, have you heard about cryptocurrency? No, and I what don't. What do they say? I don't tend to interact with people on social okay. media. I, I post and go. And okay. occasionally I will look at to see what other people are posting about to see if there's anything in the world that I've missed. And it, it was that. That was how I learned about PayPal doing this. I was like, oh, that sounds like nonsense. And then more and more of my friends were like, I just canceled my PayPal. I'm like, haha, joke's on you. PayPal canceled me years ago. <laughs> and it was because I was using their number yeah. one competitor, cryptocurrency. And then they, a year later or two years later, announced that they were going to offer, quote unquote, Naturally. cryptocurrency to their, uh, to their users. I'm going to have to find another option. I, have, I use PayPal for shipping. Especially mm. eBay shipping, but I mean, I can... Don't you have to use PayPal that's, for eBay? That's the thing. I don't think there's any other option. Well, I know that at one time, PayPal owned eBay, but I think they spun it off. I believe they sold it, so maybe there is another way. Maybe- I don't know. They both charge me separately. eBay charges me, mm-hmm. PayPal charges me. It's just two separate... So I don't know what's going on. But I mean, I buy. I just buy regular shipping through the post office using PayPal. I don't know what the other options are. If you're on, if you're listening and you know how... You, you're techie out there and you know some other outlets... Let yeah, me, I did know. sell something on eBay this year, and I don't recall if there was like if eBay's doing their own credit card processing now. Right. I, I know that eBay, I think, has some sort of banking back end now to where they can just do direct deposit. But I'll have to check on that for you. I bought something off question. of eBay recently, and I didn't use PayPal. How did obviously, you pay? I used a card, but I don't on know the, direct on the site. Uh, I don't know if PayPal was the actual processor of the pay because sometimes when I go to buy something from a website mm-hmm. or whatever, it opens up a PayPal thing, and PayPal is just the credit card processor for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you're but I'm talking about the merchant. The, mer- if the only way I can get shipping to ship that item to you is through PayPal. And that, to e- that e- eBay has only PayPal given... PayPal does the shipping calculation and prints out a label for you, or is it yeah. something... I'm just mm-hmm. saying, I've purchased things within the last few years on eBay, mm-hmm. and I don't have a PayPal account. Yeah, but but yeah, but that money is being correct. But the merchant has to. I you, don't know. You you as the as the purchaser don't. Oh. It, it doesn't really matter. You pay eBay and that's it. I was talking more about political infrastructure, you know, and and the way that you can maybe build that might be to start sort of doing some of the things that independent countries do mm-hmm. uh, politically. Uh, so my idea, the best one I could come up with recently was, uh, what if New Hampshire were to have its own ambassador to the UN. What kind of ambassador? You its own its own oh, ambassador. It's own. Well, you would have to get the UN to accept that, and that would mean recognizing New Hampshire as an independent nation. So but, but, I don't but, think that's going to well. Fly. And, and why do we want to talk to the UN? Why do we even care about what they think? 
Also, the well, United States Constitution directly for, forbids any of its states from engaging in international diplomacy. So, oh, okay. So maybe that would maybe that would stop it or slow it. They down. would never allow so it in anyway like, because they, they wouldn't would, acknowledge well, I, you as a, as a I'm nation. Not, I'm not saying it wouldn't. I mean, we could think of them. It wouldn't necessarily have to be an ambassador. They're just designated to go to the UN and just be there and get rejected or whatever happens to them. But they're just designated to represent New Hampshire there and if the u.n blows them off they blow them off but at least the, that way the, the idea would be like a, a statewide election for somebody uh, that, i like that the idea, idea but i don't i don't want any affiliation with the united nations either yeah that's a good point well there's a reason why you might actually want that to some extent uh and that is because like if you look at what happens it happens in places like kosovo and taiwan which don't have any u.n really proper u.n re- representation they become sort of Para states, and, and most para states don't do very well. Taiwan is an exception. Kosovo mm-hmm. is not doing that well. What is a parrot state? A para state, like a partial. It's a partial state, like it's sort of a state, but sort of not a state. It's not acknowledged by a lot of the world. I think is what okay. you're saying, Ridley. Okay. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. It's not sufficiently. Yeah. That's the enough, big challenge uh, when you form an, uh, yeah. you know, when you form the uh, the, the idea of a nation. Because remember, let's re- re- let's remind our audience here that nations are just ideas. These are just the idea of the state is just that. It's a terrible idea. It's a decrepit old violent idea, but it is one that people do subscribe to. So if you make a, your own nation, like they're trying to do in Liberland, which is a little piece of uh, Swamp. land. Yeah, it's a little piece of swamp land in the, I think it's the Danube. Is that the, the river where I think it's located so. between Serbia and uh, Croatia, if I recall correctly? It's an undesirable plot of land. Yeah, that basically is not, it's no man's land. It's not claimed by anywhere. Ridley, to your point about having somebody uh, that's appointed to go to the UN, even if they get turned away, uh, again, in order to have that appointment happen, you were suggesting putting it on a ballot or state reps voting for it or something would be another option. But that that's like, you know, we're not even there yet because we would still have to declare independence before you're ever going to have anything like that happen. And so you're, I think you're getting a little ahead of yourself. And, but. and how are most U.N. representatives selected? It's their presidents, right? The, Correct. The cabinets get together and like, all right, we want, yeah, so we want, we be, want this guy because he's on our team. Right. So as far as voting, the people voting for it something, this, it would never way. happen. It would it, probably be the, the state legislature that would probably the do governor. something like that. Probably well, one of the government's so lackeys. Must, he would be the president at that time. Right, yeah. right. So, so there must be something else that New Hampshire can do, uh, which uh, is associated with being an independent nation state. Uh, you could issue passports. Hmm. I like that. That's what uh, Key West did when they were talking about uh, becoming the Conch Republic. I don't know if you guys know anything about okay. Key West's Conch Republic status. There was a situation, I think it was... Uh, the Cold War, where because of their proximity to uh, Cuba, there was some sort of cutoff or some they were not being acknowledged properly by the U.S. government. And I'm sorry, I don't remember the, the whole history of it. Somebody refreshed me the other day and it has flown out of my mind. But essentially, they came up with their own conch republic concept and said, well, look, if the U.S. doesn't want us, we'll do our own thing. And what would and, and what would the passports be for just to, identification, to, to, to leave New Hampshire? I mean, it's, or, or just regular really saying di- is just to throw it in their face. I mean, the, the idea would be that, okay, well, New Hampshire now has its own na- you know, national passport 
just to say, look, we have this infrastructure in place for when we leave the United States. We've already got this done, is, is what Ridley's saying. What, what things can we do today that we can then point to and say, look, for the people that are saying we can't secede because we don't have the infrastructure, what kind of infrastructure can be built now before secession happens that we can say, yes, here it is. Here's, here, uh, one question. Uh, when it comes to European countries, all friendly European countries are right next to each other in the mm-hmm. – do they have a passport system where where people are standing around at gates and they're asking for your papers, please? You know, when you walk from one country to the next, or is it? Do they even care? How do they, How does the ID system work in? And uh, I think they used to have one of those, but part of the points of the European Union was to eliminate the need for that. Right. So you guys were talking about passports, and I remember Free Talk Live did a segment on this guy from Vermont, really older guy. Yeah. He had a world passport. That's right. And I, we know something about I, those. I'm prank as to as to what the guy's name was. Mm, yeah, I would have to look it up as well. But if you look up world passport founder, I'm sure it'll come up. He was very old at the time we discussed this, which was probably a decade ago. I would be shocked if he's still alive. Like I think he was in his 90s. When uh, when we when we first talked about this, but the world passport, uh, the world. Oh, what are they? What's their? Uh, there's a name for them. World Service Authority. That's that's who issues it. As I understand it, they are still around. They are still offering these passports to people. Mine was taken from me by the federal government uh, as part of my bail conditions. I had to hand over the world passport, even though the feds consider it to be a novelty passport or a fantasy passport. I think is the the official terminology for it. But it it was it's a really interesting history, uh, one that if you're interested in alternative identification systems, you should really look into because the founder of the World Passport was actually, I believe, in World War II. He was fighting in World War II, and he became disillusioned with war at that time. I can imagine. And, uh, and he came out with this concept, and it has been something that he's utilized to give people who are like refugees, who don't have any identification, their own identification. They, they do like a charity thing. If you can afford to, then they will obviously charge you for their passports, but they do offer some of them free to people in the right circumstances around the world, and it's very interesting. Is this, is this like a sovereign citizen type, but for on the world stage? No, it's actually not that, Conan. It's kind of almost the reverse of that to some extent, in that they actually do... Want to be a part of the, the big picture, the global... The global. They acknowledge the U.N. uh, at the World Service Authority. In fact, they use the U.N.'s Declaration of Human Rights, I believe, is the document where it says something in there. To the credit of the U.N., they didn't get everything wrong. In this document, it actually says that people should have a right to travel freely. Uh, And so they cite that particular uh, status or that passage of the the document. I'm here at worldcitizengov.org. Everyone has the right to leave any country, including one's own, and to return to one's country. And then they have an application process for your uh, – the World Passport is a 30-page machine uh, redeemable travel document, MRTD, with – Alpha Minute code line scan and passport photo and ghost security paper with embedded logo. Da, 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 da. You said 30 pages? 30 Passports pa- have a, a bunch of pages in for, them. For, usually for, blank. Uh, for blank, okay. for, for stamping. The true question is whether you're going to walk into an airport and go to another country and hold this thing out and it's going to be accepted it's worked in a few places as i understand it in the 1970s uh uh, these days i think it's going to be less likely to to work 
Um, I will say I did try it in Mexico once, and it did not. Uh, it did not. What work. did they tell you? We don't. We got to get go back to the back of the line, or well, no, I have my U.S. passport with me, so like, so you're I, like, I oh, I'm sorry, use... I gave you the wrong thing. Well, the question is, if you'd pushed it, would would they? Well, that's would the it... thing. Like you know, usually when you're going to an airport and you're traveling somewhere, you don't have the time to experiment right, right. and get held in or the desire. I don't or... want to get arrested and I know, held that's, in whatever. Italy. That's when you go sit yeah. in a room for the next twelve hours yeah. while they. Wait to... Usually you've got somewhere to be, right? Like you just don't have, you don't, you're not just there for fun. You're there to meet somebody or go to a business event or whatever it is. So in my case, it was in Acapulco and we had to be somewhere. So I, I did br- I did bring it out and I did offer it to the, uh, the the girl at the passport desk and she looked at it confused. Yeah, exactly. You know? So, But the point of it isn't necessarily to be, I mean, in the long run, I, I would hope that it gets accepted by places, but you know, it's. It's just like anything else. It's like cryptocurrency. You're not going to walk into Walmart and get them to accept Bitcoin. You're not going to nope. walk into the United Kingdom and get them to accept the world passport. It takes activists attempting it. And I agree. Uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Uh, requesting that other people accept it. I, I can't. I'm spacing on the word, but advocating for people to accept it. They apparently also issue other documents at World Service Authority, including an identity card. A world birth certificate, a world marriage certificate, a world political asylum card, and the world press card for members of the World Media Association. So they do more than just uh, passport issuance there, which I didn't even know that. So it's, it's an interesting. I'm looking to the media one and the uh, yeah. the refugee, the political refugee one. There's a cool video of the founder uh, again, very very old man at the time it was it was even taken. So it's probably been a decade and a half. But the video of the founder crossing the border between Canada and the U.S. And he he has his world passport, and that's what he uses. He he has a, he claims to have used it many times, going from country to country. And he has been arrested in the attempt of of using this. So you have to accept that that is a likely outcome. But he, you know, he they let him out at some point, right? And he ended sure. up coming back to Vermont. Well, but I would, what it looked I, like in the video was that the border patrol people knew who he was. All right, Aria. So you've been wanting to talk about this Mark Hamill story. This guy seems to be a pretty hard left statist. I've seen some of the posts he's made on social media. He's He's been in favor of big government since much longer than his recent support of Ukraine. But now he's back in the news, or you want to talk about him tonight. Yeah, well, he's not a a major part of this story, right? He's just the latest example of a, of a silly PR campaign that's been going on throughout the last year in regard to this Ukrainian-Russian war. And it's an article I have from CaitlinJohnston.com, A Good and Righteous Proxy War wouldn't need such cartoonish PR. And, and they're right. The PR surrounding this war in Russia, I mean, this war between Russia and Ukraine, it's, it's silly. You, the, the ghost of Kiev or whatever it was, the mm-hmm. completely fabricated uh, fighter pilot who was you know, killing all of these Russians. Do you remember the images of like the, the supermodels that were holding rifles and pretending yeah. to be on the front lines oh, while and, and, makeup, wearing full makeup? And, and grandmas, too. I didn't see that one. That was real early on. Yeah. And, all, and of course, Putin has every type of disease that you can think of. He should have been dead three months ago, but I don't who knows why he's still kicking it unless he's, you know. He's a robot. Yeah, exactly. And now there's a trans soldier for Ukraine that oh, they're, really? they're, you know, parading around like that. Oh, what, what was the the Netflix we're going to be working on? The trans, was it trans Ukraine, black Russian? I don't remember uh, the yeah, specifics. Like Ro- like Romeo that. and Juliet type uh, uh, event. Mm-hmm. But more recently, Star Wars megastar Mark Hamill was recently named an ambassador for United 24, 
which is the fundraising platform of the Ukrainian government. So uh, oh. evidently they have their own fundraising platform. I've wow. never heard of it, but it's called United 24, where according to the Times, his attention will center on, quote, the procurement, repair, and replacement of drones, as well as pilot training. Wait, wait, I, wait, wait, what? Yeah, I, I don't know. So they're not, I thought he, I thought we're just handing them, U.S. in particular, is handing them out fresh drones. He need, why does he need new ones? Well, he, he well, because Ukraine... Zelensky is a warmonger, and if you have 10 drones, you want 20. And if you have 20, you want 40. Yeah, you know, you know what's happening. We're handing him drones. And he and wants mi- more. And missile launchers. He's, he's keeping one, so he gets 10 drones. He's selling nine of them to third world countries. <laughs> Maybe. You know, you know he is. They don't, no, no one knows where this money and, sure. this, and these munitions and these, and these tanks and in, these missile launchers and these drones times, are going. It's easy to shuffle money around, and under war times, no one's paying any attention. No. And it's all and it's all old equipment. It's the it's the equipment that our military industrial complex uh, needs to get rid of so that they can they can process and create new 2022 munitions. I know for certain that Ukrainians need drones to protect their land, their freedom and the values of the entire democratic world. The, right. the country where you they've literally banned the opposition parties. So democratic. The country where a democratic vote was held in eastern Ukraine and the uh, Ukrainian government and its Western supporters called it a sham before it even transpired. Right now, democracy. Sorry. Right now, no, absolutely. Right now is the best time for everyone to come together and help Ukraine stand up in this war with the evil empire. In yeah. a statement, they He's can, literally using Star Wars iconography and to a, and eighties and eighties political propaganda. I mean, they're, yeah. they're literally doing exactly that. In part of this campaign, there's an X-wing here. An X-wing is one of the Seriously? types of ships from um, Star Wars, where the what top the half of doing? it, well, it's just flying, but the top half of it is blue, and the bottom half of it is gold, and below it it says <laughs> resist. In in much lar- in large letters, and then below it in slightly smaller letters, stand with Ukraine, and then there's yet another image of the Ukrainian flag. So they're using literal <laughs> Star Wars iconography. And it's, I mean, and, it's, and it's called the Army of Drones program. This how is long, crazy. Do you remember uh, the very beginning of this thing? We're talking about some of the ridiculous propaganda that was coming out. Do you remember when people were posting video from some video game called Arma 3 huh. of helicopters being shot down and claiming that this was really what was happening? Yeah, it was either that. Of- it was either that or writing from 2014. Right, right. And but so, did like, any of the media actually did this or were these just like random trolls around, on twitter it was getting passed around online i don't know what media picked it up it wouldn't surprise me if some did just because certainly it was persuasive looking uh but how long before somebody starts passing around x-wing fighter video <laughs> flying over ukraine as though this is actually happening and you how wait, many people you wait would for buy it? it you wait for babylon b tomorrow morning <laughs> I just think Mark, some people would actually buy that so one. How fresh is this news? Babylon Bee is going to cover this tomorrow. Mark Hamill uh, represents the the army of drones, and it's him in front. He's it's he's, pretty, he's, um, he's, he's he's there with Darth Vader. They're got the arms arms around each other. It's about two uh, two uh, two weeks old. This news. Uh, oh really? I've got the I've got the actual announcement from United Twenty Four, which is the Ukrainian pimping fundraising site or whatever. All these billions are going into the hands of apparently Nazis. There was another story recently about like a general. So the highest ranked person so far in the Ukrainian military, RT, was reporting on an image that's been circulating of this general wearing a swastika on a a bracelet. 
So it These wasn't just that it wasn't just the SS they've been wearing. It was an actual swastika. There's other things like that that have come out as well. But this is the highest ranking and person. In the, and, and this is an Azov battalion dude. I don't know if it's Azov battalion or it's just Ukrainian military or which whatever all those things are. But well, he's they're not allowed. A top general. Well, they're not allowed to talk about. It. That's all I know. Yeah. Reporters ask him, "What's that mean? What's that SS on your chest mean?" Mm-hmm. Can't can't say anything about that. Well, because they don't want to openly admit that they're Nazis. Of course not. But aren't Nazis supposed to be all patriotic and proud of who they are? Not when they're getting billions of dollars and keep it on the <laughs> exactly. down low. Exactly. Yeah. You, uh, you know the craziest part about this is, and if you do any, if you do any research as far as the Azov Battalion and Zelensky, the first thing you're going to get, all the artists are going to get, is proud Jewish president. <laughs> right. Which is now that's strange, right there. The fact that they're able to get this this mobster. That's what he is, by the way, mm-hmm. a- an actor, comedian, mobster. And now he's teaming and up he's, with another and he's, actor. And he's Jewish? How does this work? Well, I mean, the Nazis in Ukraine, they have different targets than the Nazis of the 1940s. They're, mm-hmm. they're using different scapegoats, well, right? And how, there are such things as self-hating Jews. There are also right? those, yeah. yeah. You think he's one? I don't know. I don't want to go out on a limb. But what else do we need to know, Arya? Well, on the subject of raising money, there's United24, which is Ukraine Ukraine's little propaganda arm that's raising money. They've raised $188 million in donations, including a recent $5 million contribution wow. from the Pfizer Foundation. Oh, yeah. That's a good ally. Brought to you by Pfizer. Mm-hmm. Last week, of course, Barbara Streisand um, announced that she would also serve as an ambassador. There's another prominent Jew. Mm-hmm. So for the record... Does she, does she know what's going on? Unless in, they, Do they care? I mean... It, they're Nazis. It's not, they're, li- they're literal Nazis. I understand that, but as I just pointed out, it's not anti-Semitism that they're, that they're focusing on. It's anti-Russianism or not whatever. Not yet. Not yet. First they came for so-and-so, your socialists, and then they came for the Jews, or was... However, it works. They're, they'll they'll get you. They'll get you in the end. You'll be up against the wall after I mean, after they maybe. take care of business. Mm-hmm. So, for the record, if you were under the impression that this proxy war could not possibly get any more Disney-fied, you were wrong. Hmm. Hamill celebrated his new position by tweeting a graphic showing a Star Wars spaceship wearing the Ukrainian flag colors. I described that a minute ago, wow. which the actor captioned in Polish because Hollywood is brain poison. I don't know why they bothered to say that. Other recent Twitter PR shenanigans for this war includes the Ukrainian government account talking to its Crimea account in the cringiest imitation of viral brand tweets you could possibly imagine. So October 8th at 6.07 a.m., a fire broke out on the Crimean Bridge as a result of an explosion. Does, so, that, does that tweet have the date and time yeah, on it? she said it was It does, but something. I mean, we don't know what the time zone of this tweet well, is. presuming it's the same time zone, then four hours later or five hours later, there they were tweeting that they're breaking free of, uh, of Russia. Could be. And, and again, Ukraine... It's not a good look at any rate. No, and and, and it, it kind of, again, seems to point to Ukraine as having done... This bridge explosion, or at least supporting, or someone who supports Ukraine, the, the bridge explosion. The Russian, uh, by the way, they they're, the Russian uh, official position on this now is that UK intelligence plotted the Crimean bridge bombing as far back as April of this year. According to RT.com, UK intelligence officials apparently commissioned a study in April examining different ways they could blow up. Russia's Crimea Bridge, according to the Gray Zone. The secret plot was drawn up at the request of senior British Army intelligence operative Chris Donnelly. 
uh, citing internal documents and correspondence that the investigative journalism outlet obtained from an unidentified source. The gate, a stated goal was to destroy the bridge to cut off a key Russian supply route, isolate military forces in Crimea, and temporarily block maritime access to the Sea of Azov. And then they go further. Into you know, this sounds kind of like, uh, you know, when Biden came out earlier this year and he was like, nope, the Nord Stream is not going to make it. That's right. And Par- paraphrasing, bombed. of course. And, and, it, and it just coincidentally. What is the Nord Stream? Those are the pipelines pipeline. going from Russia uh, to. And that was Ukraine. like a week before the Crimean Bridge attack, by the way. So first yep. Nord Stream 2 gets hit. Yep. Then a few uh, like a week later, basically. And they, bl- they, and they blamed it on and they blamed it on Russia. It's some kind of weird false flag uh, attack. Yeah. So after all of this isn't very surprising. After all, uh, Volodymyr Zelensky is a well-known Ukrainian actor. He is. And he's been drumming up Western support for his war by modeling in Vogue, appearing in the Grammy Awards. Yeah, the yeah. Venice he's, Film Festival. he's pressing the flesh with all kinds of Hollywood stars. I think, didn't Bono go over there or something like that? And, and played, he played in the subway or something. Bono they was actually, mentioned earlier. Yeah, I they actually had right. some kind of musical event in the subway. Yeah, because it's real so early dangerous, on. right? Let's bring the the Hollywood stars Oh, yeah, you don't want to be out in the open where you can get bombed. Safe down there. Mm -hmm. Since this war began, the Western media have been blanketing the airways with astonishingly biased coverage like nothing we've seen before. And there's just constant links throughout this paragraph of citing examples of exactly this. Russian media are purged from the airwaves, which didn't happen in the United States, but it did happen in a lot of Western society. While censorship of dissident voices has drastically escalated online with regard to this war, social media algorithms artificially boost corrupt propaganda outlets, which aggressively push the imperial line. Anti-Russia trolling operations are loudly praised and amplified by corporate media, government agencies, warmongering think tanks funded by Western governments, and branches of the U.S. military. This is a proxy war that simply could not happen if it wasn't backed to the hilt by the most powerful government on Earth. It sure as hell wouldn't have lasted this long, I don't think. Yeah, the real evil empire, Mark Hamill, mm-hmm. gets, yeah. get it straight. Yeah, Ukraine wouldn't be able to stand against Russia without all of the backing and all of the sanctions and all of that. This, long. this would have been resolved 20 years ago. Did you guys see the, the quick video clip that's been making the rounds here on social media today by... Uh, what I believe to be, I don't know if he's a Pole or a Dutch person. There's like a a representative or a parliament guy from the EU who has put out a video showing an interview that, while well, he was asking questions of somebody from Pfizer, one of the administrators from Pfizer, and they admitted in front of this panel at the European Union that they never tested their vaccination on preventing transmission. So they've come out now and they've publicly admitted that. Uh, did either of you catch this video? I didn't, today? but I'm not terribly surprised to hear it. Why would you test for that, right? You don't test your flu vaccine to see whether or not someone who has been vaccinated can transmit the flu to someone else. You care about whether or not they can catch the flu. Because they claimed it. Because the idea was that Oh, did they? You were supposed to be less likely to transmit COVID if you were vaccinated and you got sick. I believe that claim was but made. You're not, but you're not supposed to get sick. Well, that's the point the, if of you get most the vaccine. vaccines. Correct. But that's not what they said about this vaccine. Well, they said it in, in the from the get-go, they said it, and then it turned out that it wasn't true. And then they had to renege on their, their original assumptions and saying, oh, well, it just prevents you from dying or getting really sick. 
Yeah, they kept changing, uh, moving the goalposts when it came to this vaccine. It, it, initially, it come out, they'd said it was going to be 100% effective. Remember that? Oh, yeah. It was going to be 100% effective, and then the number yeah, kept the points, going down. The points down. kept going down every single, every week. How scientific. Yeah. Nothing's 100% effective. But well, the science changes, Aria. Well, and she actually, in this uh, quick clip, I'm just going to play it here just to get it out and uh, get this out there to you guys who haven't seen this or heard this yet. Here it is from... Uh, Rob Roos, he is a member of the European Parliament, and his Twitter is Rob underscore Roos, R-O-O-S. Here's what he had to say. If you don't get vaccinated, you're antisocial. This is what the Dutch Prime Minister and Health Minister told us. You don't get vaccinated just for yourself, but also for others. You do it for all of society. That's what I said. Today, this turned out to be complete nonsense. In a COVID hearing in the European Parliament, one of the Pfizer directors just admitted to me, at the time of introduction, the vaccine had never been tested on stopping the transmission of the virus. This removes the entire legal basis for the COVID passport, the COVID passport that led to massive institutional discrimination as people lost access to essential parts of society. I find this to be shocking, even criminal. Did you or someone you love work, live, or serve at Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1988? If you or someone you know lived, served, or worked at Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1988 and has cancer, Parkinson's disease, or another serious health issue, they are entitled to compensation. To see if they are eligible, they need to call Liberty Legal. Contaminants in the drinking water have led to these serious diseases and legislation is now available for for veterans and family members who may qualify for financial help from the government. There may be a time deadline, so don't wait. Call 888-918-1037. Anyone that has lived, worked, or served at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1988 and has had cancer, Parkinson's disease, or another serious health issue, the money is already set aside. 888-918-1037. 888-918-1037. Just a few moments ago, during one of the breaks, I was looking at some of the, you know, the news stories from today, and there's a story out of Dartmouth College in New Hampshire pimping another booster shot, saying yeah, get the new booster they're shot. They're talking about they're talking about the new fall surge that it, that's going to come. Oh my god! I mean, even if COVID didn't exist, there'd be some kind of surge, some yeah, kind the of flu, flu surge. Yeah, yeah the exactly. Flu. So now they're they're already pimping. They're already talking about it. You uh, know, okay. get prepared for it. Right. Masks probably might might come back. I don't I think so, not. man. I, I think Americans are over that. I, I don't think the public support is going to be there for masks or the social distancing. Or I, I guess it just depends on how they can, if they can gin up enough fear again. Because once you get these people scared, they'll do anything they're told to do. They will, but I mean, they're not scared of COVID anymore. Hmm. I, I mean, I don't right. know about that. I still, I, I still see people in masks. I work with someone who works at uh, the pub, one of the public schools here in Keene and their mm-hmm. COVID policy right now, their actual COVID policy is if you test positive, it doesn't matter. That you don't have to well, quarantine. None of wow. your family has to quarantine. You That's might a huge change. You I, might have to wear a mask. I know someone. Maybe. I know someone who just took seven days off and got away with it. Yeah, I have no so, doubt so, so, that if you go to your employer and you ask for the time off, they're going to give it to you. But that's very different from, you know, even the public school systems having a policy of, eh, COVID's just not a big deal anymore. 
That that's just the yeah. mentality that people have with it. People aren't afraid of it. Well, remember the Democrats. Uh, I think it was early this year. Biden's campaign. They have like a media company or whatever that did. They uh, they did some polling. And the polling found that even Democrats that's are right. burned on all this COVID well, it, mandates. And so that's why Biden's uh, team turned around and started going in, the, in a different direction. Uh, have they? Because about a couple weeks ago, Biden says it was over. COVID's over. That's and, what I'm saying. And then yeah. the next day, Van Dam came out and was like... Who the hell's that? Her, his, his press secretary. Conan, what did you want to share tonight about uh, job satisfaction? Well, this actually came across my uh, my path uh, a couple weeks back, and I just kind of kept the article as an evergreen. We can talk about it really any time, because it's an older study. The study's been around for some time. It's, an, it's a British study. I would really like to see you know something like this uh, done here in the States. But uh, I did find it interesting because I uh, happened to be at the top of the list. Which, really? Uh, which is, you know, always good to know that you're doing something that is, you know, making you happy and you're going to live, probably live a longer, healthier life because of it. You need a list it. to tell you this? It's nice. It's, <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's nice to be, uh, you know, some, does someone come out and says that you're, you're doing the right thing. So a letter carrier is the number one. Most no, sense. no, 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 no. That's, that's, that's way, that's way up there or way down there, can, okay. depending on how you look at it. But, uh, no, but I only, I, I was going to say, I couldn't believe I it. only do that like two, two, two days out of the week. I mean, the term is going postal for a reason, right? <laughs> it's like, actually, it's, it's actually a lot more satisfying than say what Aria does for a living. We're going to get to that. Being because a letter carrier is, it's, or, way, it's way more satisfying than being a cook or really? a chef. Well, to and, each their own, right? Mm, I mean, that's true. This doesn't account for individual no, taste or all. any of that stuff and uh, sure i mean what i do isn't glamorous but i i love the people i do it with and, and that helps you know and mm-hmm. we've talked about this before i think the probably the most important thing uh as far as job satisfaction is the people that you work with and especially your boss having good people who you know y'all get along you all listen, all the you're all listen to the same music and y'all have the same kind of maybe sometimes the political ideology and the same ideas about what the, how the, all the customers suck and you're all in that that that's oh, yeah. you that music my boss and i go to the bar and to music festivals and stuff together so I'm very here. very helpful yeah. now if you didn't like if there was someone that you just couldn't stand well, there's plenty of those we before, fire them before you know it <laughs> if if aria doesn't like you you're not gonna last long so it's just in the story so this from the actual BBC.com, uh, which would you be happier doing, serving pints or serving God? The Cabinet Office, which is a British governmental department, has been looking at the relationships between different jobs and levels of life satisfaction, and it turns out publicans, which I do believe is a tax collector. I I'll thought a publican was a bartender in the UK. It's also a yes, yeah, someone who runs a, a counter, but they have that they have barkeep in here already. So I'm, I do believe publicans in this sense is and it's in the Roman sense. It's a, a publican t- it's, is a public con was well, a public contractor in antiquity, and, and it is a Roman thing. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a, I think in this case it's a tax collector. By the way, all these all these job descriptions are British, so I, you know we'll 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 find out in a second how okay. they. Use, they, they're speaking English, but they're really not. Anyways, publicans, as it turns out, are the unhappiest occupation of all. They are closely followed by brickies, which I think are bricklayers, okay. <laughs> and debt collectors, which would make sense if publicans and debt collectors are basically the same person. This is mostly a Catholic thing. I don't think all clergy are in that boy diddling boat. Maybe they are. I don't know. Well, the Catholics certainly are. They're, they're they Absolutely. 
It's, I, and it's probably because can they marry yet? Are they still? Is there some still some kind of rule against that? Ooh, yeah, I don't know if they've changed the celibacy requirement. Because that's, that's, well, that's the real problem right there. The Baptist men like little girls a lot more than they like little boys. The Baptist ones? Yeah. Hmm. And I suspect that's probably true of the American Methodists as well. I don't know. Hmm. But I know, I mean, like the Southern Baptists, it, it would be, sh- if it was legal, almost every one of them would have a wife that was like 13 years old. Wow. <laughs> it, uh, it's, it's, but and since then, all of them had just become Mormons, right? I had Baptists aren't for me. The ones that want to, you know, marry, uh, have 13-year-old wives. You're talking about the LDS cult. Right. The, the, they're like the more extreme Mormons. I do they have that... child wives? Yes. Yes, they do. 13-year-old wives? Yeah. What are they called? Fundamentalists. They're called the fundament, Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So the FLDS. That's the cult. They're like, they live in Utah and I think some in Arizona and probably Idaho or whatever, but they're like way away from any kind of civilization and they have their, sounds like it they have their compounds and they get rid of the boy babies they like run them out of society basically what? well they're yeah. competition for the 13 year old girls right so well, they, how do they run how do they run babies out Are they i don't know they have their ways like they're not when they're probably not when they're little babies but they get rid of them as soon as they possibly can so uh, they get they get the competition now this is like the male yeah. lion eating the cubs yeah and then they uh, they may they marry their girl children at like twelve or something like that. I remember we Jesus reported Christ. we reported on them years ago. And Arya brought up a very good point. Why is the clergy so satisfied with their jobs? And I think you're on to something. I think it has something to do with power. Oh, absolutely. And, and, I mean, the whole, and I think it has something to do with their appetites. The whole shtick of religion is power over others. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people's fear of death has been exploited for well, thousands of years to organized establish religion. power over others. Right? Yes. You know, I'm religious. Of organized yeah. religion. And well, I have a church. It's organized for a reason. Are you religious or are you spiritual? Because religious is like following doctrine and following dogma. Not necessarily. I think that it is. No, That's organized can, religion. You I mean, can have you, your yeah. own personal religious beliefs. You don't have to have an organization behind it. You don't have to desire control over others. But historically, that is what organized religion has led towards. Right. That's why it's organized. Right. To have that app, that hierarchy in place that allows people to have control over others. Right. And uh, we brought up the Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which I talked about how they went after one of their, wasn't founders, they've been around for a very long time, like the 1800s. Uh, so, but it was a recent quote-unquote prophet who was prosecuted back in like 2005, 2007, somewhere in that range, named Warren Jeffs out in Utah. But, Conan, you were curious if they were still active, so I did a a quick look for FLDS Church and a story out of St. George, Utah, posted within the last month in September. Uh, The FBI has conducted several raids in Colorado City, Arizona, involving a sect of the polygamous fundamentalist church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So the the crackdown on one of their uh, prophets half a, you know, a decade and a half ago hasn't stopped them. The FBI's office out of Phoenix confirmed they were in Colorado City conducting, quote, court-authorized law enforcement activity. St. George News learned that about 10.45 a.m., the FBI raided the home of local FLDS leader Samuel Bateman. He leads a break-off sect of the FLDS religion in Colorado City. The raid comes nearly 15 years to the day that FLDS leader Warren Jeffs was convicted in a St. George court of being an accomplice to rape. 
That conviction was later overturned, and Jeffs was subsequently convicted of aggravated sexual assault on a minor in Texas where he remains in prison. He's on a uh, life plus X years sentence. So For sexual assault of a minor? I, I mean, that's horrific, yeah. no doubt. But a life sentence for that? I suspect it was more than one charge, but I don't you know, I don't have all okay. the details in front of me. In fact, there's another story from less than two weeks ago that says he's being prosecuted again and I hate while to be, still in prison. I hate to be that person, but it sounds like the act may have been consensual on both parties. If the, if the rape conviction was overturned, but they got a conviction on a, a lesser charge... I don't know. It's hard to say. We don't know the details in the in the case. But uh, according to media reports, Bateman, the guy they're going after now, came out shortly after Jeffs was arrested in 2006 and claimed that he was the one to receive revelation for the FLDS religion. So the one went down and another one popped up right in his place shortly after Seth Jeffs claimed he would be revealing revelation from his brother while he was imprisoned uh, near Texas in the last month. Jeffs released new edicts from prison seen by St. George News. They give authority to one of his sons, Helaman Jeffs, to lead and perform polygamous marriages. This includes an edict telling all women to quit jobs in the workplace and return to being housewives, as well as gathering the children back into the church. Multiple witnesses in Colorado City have confirmed that the FBI was at two houses. Consent is a strange thing. If you are raised in a cult out in the middle of nowhere... And you barely know that the rest of the world exists. Imagine like Pleasantville, except really creepy, right? Like Pleasantville was weird enough. Yeah, Pleasantville was creepy. Yeah, but like sex creepy, right? Like imagine that happening and that's where you were born and raised. And you're living in a place where a male has a dozen wives with dozens of of children and the boys are looked down upon. I mean, you're going to think this is normal. You're going to think this is completely normal, and these people are quote-unquote consenting because they've probably been told that Jesus will send them to hell if they don't do what the prophet says. Look, I'm speculating. Hey, I don't you, know what's you could, you could say the same thing about any community, any, any I know, society. I, I mean, know. look at all the people who were consenting of the vaccine jab. But this is different. These people are being groomed, presumably, their entire lives from the time they're, you know, three or four years old. They're being groomed and told, hey, one day, you know, when you when you hit puberty or whatever, you're going to marry a man and he's mm-hmm. going to have sex with you and you're going to have children. And, and this that's is great. what God this wants. Is, yes. You'll be serving God by doing this. Telling someone that from the age of, you know, two years old to the age of 13, that's going to screw them up. And if you try to run away, you're going to hell. Well, I'm just, I'm not seeing that any worse than our own public indoctrination camps, baby prisons, yeah. that are teaching kids all kinds of nonsense, grooming them as well. I it get you on that. It, grooming ju- isn't just sexual in nature. It sure. could be could, any, any, any ideology. I, any- I get what you're saying there. And that's why, Conan, even though I might consider it to be wrong for those people to be doing that i'm not going to interfere with it it's like that's your life that's your belief you're doing it over there okay whatever that said i also support the idea of being able to rescue those kids from that situation there have been people who have been in the this particular cult who managed to escape who have now dedicated their lives to trying to help these kids get out from this situation well, there were, there I, was I think a, that's fine there was an incident in this country not too long ago waco where that's mm-hmm. they they that was their there, that was their part of their argument that these people have kids and guns, and they have kids, and so yeah. we need to go rescue the kids. I and they burn the place. They and they burn the place down. Yeah, they yeah, I left. think they should be left alone. You just listened to the new extended Free Talk Live Daily Digest. 
We felt this format was more appropriate for our podcast audience and decided to make it our official podcast. If you subscribe to the Daily Digest or full episode RSS feeds, please resubscribe to the main FTL podcast feed, which you can find at feeds.freetalklive.com. The other feeds rely on a third-party service, and though they'll have the same content, we can't be sure how long they'll stay online. If you still want the entire radio show, you can listen live every night from 7 to 10 Eastern at freetalklive.com. Full video archives are at video.freetalklive.com or tune into our 24-7 stream for the latest show at listen.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live's amps will continue to receive the full two-hour radio show with no recorded commercials via podcast through Patreon. So please join amps.freetalklive.com for just $5 a month. Thank you for listening to and sharing Free Talk Live.